Hello everyone. I hope you're having a fabulous start to your week. Talk Bookish to Me is the podcast where readers gather to talk about books, share recommendations, and chase that five-star feeling. I'm so happy that you tuned in today. I'm your host, Gwen, and today I'm joined by Haley for another author spotlight episode. This time we're going to be talking about psychological thriller author Jennifer Hillier. We're going to talk about all of her books, which ones we've read and enjoyed, and which ones we recommend. Hi, I'm Haley. You can find me on YouTube at Haley Hughes or Instagram at Haley Ann. And I post about mainly horror and thriller books. I'm super excited to be back on the podcast. I think this is round three for us. So thanks so much for having me. (laughs) Jennifer Hillier is like one of my favorite authors of all time. So I'm super excited to talk about her. I know as soon as I wanted to do an author spotlight for her, I was like... Haley's my girl. Let's do it. Of course. And I love that that's part of my brand. Like when you think Jennifer Hillier, you think of me. She, I've actually spoken to her and she is one of the sweetest people I've had an interaction with. As soon as she found out that I'm obsessed with all of her books, she like sent me little book plates, signed book plates to put in all of her books that I have. She is a wonderful person. Oh, that is so sweet. Um, Before we get into the topic at hand, um, what's the last book that you gave five stars to? So the last book that I gave a five star was Gone to See the River Man by Christopher Triana. It's a pretty intense book. It's an extreme psychological horror. And it's about a woman who's obsessed with a serial killer. So he's in prison and she starts writing to him and they develop this like weird, twisted relationship. He ends up coercing her into doing a task for him uh, so he can still kind of be involved in the outside crime world, even though he's in jail. Uh, And she has to go see this river man to do that task. And it takes her on this big journey, explores all of the horrors that live inside her and like what drew her to him, uh, including past trauma and a really dark side of her obsession. It was crazy. I loved every second of it, but super, super big trigger warnings. Make sure you look any of that up before you get into it. Very different book. I read it also. Um, I think it's classified as cosmic horror and... And I don't really vibe with cosmic horror. So there were parts of the story that I really loved, like hearing about her past trauma and the little journey, like with her sister and all of that. But once she got like towards the Riverman part, I was like, what kind of psychedelical world have I jumped into? <laughs> I love so I that. I love that you yeah. gave it five stars. It's definitely yeah. not based in reality at all. There is some major speculative parts, but... I'm such a speculative girl. I love the weirdness. I love that. Um, What book has been on your TBR the longest and why haven't you read it yet? So I actually looked this up and it was Small Sacrifices by Anne Rule. It was published in the 60s and I added it back when I was in a really big true crime phase. I was reading a lot of true crime and now I have really mixed thoughts on the genre. So I don't know, to be honest, if I will ever get to it, Uh, especially older published true crime. It can feel really salacious And it's just starting to feel not great to me to read things like that. I would so much rather just read fiction, like something totally crazy, like Gone to See the River Man, 
or content that's real nonfiction that focuses on victims and survivors instead of glorifying the perpetrators. Yeah, I get that. Have you read Notes on an Execution by Danya yes, Kakowska? I That was like the complete opposite. One. Yeah, I felt like it focused on the victims rather than the killer. So I'm glad you read that one. <laughs> yes, I enjoyed it. All right, pick your poison. Who's your favorite author or what's your favorite book? I feel like I have to answer what's your favorite book because it's part of my brand. It is no secret. My favorite book is Pretty Girls by Karen Slaughter. I think you should go in totally blind, so I'm not even going to give a synopsis. The best way to read Pretty Girls is having no expectation whatsoever. I think in some editions, also the synopsis on the back actually spoils one of the twists. Um, So don't read the back and check Mm. trigger warnings if you're sensitive to dark and graphic topics because it is pretty graphic, um, but it's one of the most emotionally impactful thrillers I've ever read. Uh, It's simultaneously thrilling and shocking, and it also has things to say, the commentary pieces there. I recently reread it and I literally started crying on the first page. It is that deeply emotional for me. So I highly recommend it. If you can read anything on my recommendation, please, please read Pretty Girls. I know. I feel like it's going to be so hard for a book to top that book as like if you were to get a new favorite. Like it's just going to take so much. Never, (laughs) never. And Jar of Hearts, one of the books on this list that we're going to talk about came really, really close. So that says a lot. Yeah, it does. All right. So what I'm currently reading is The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches. Um, I'm not very far. I'm about maybe a third of the way through it. I started it yesterday. Um, It's about this witch named Minka Moon. And she is a witch, but she's pretending that she's not a witch by pretending she's a witch. It's so (laughs) complicated. She also has a YouTube channel where she's pretending to be a witch you know, and this, um, these people reach out to her because there's three little witch children and they need some guidance. So the people that hire her, they're like, witch wanted. And she goes there for the interview, a little like standoffish, like, do they really know I'm a witch? Do they not think I'm a witch? Like, why did they call me? And she ends up working for this family and it's all about her with the children and magic. But there's also like this side like romance happening and it's like a grumpy sunshine. So it's just very cute, but it's also very quirky. So it's not for everybody, but what are you currently reading? Well, it sounds like cozy mystery vibes and I love that. I'm totally reading the opposite. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Of course. Of course. I'm reading something dark and disturbing. Um, The book that I'm reading right now is actually a short horror story collection. So it's four short stories and one novella in one binding. It's called They Were Here Before Us by Eric LaRocca. And it's kind of weird, trippy horror about where the human world meets the animal world and how we interact with nature and the fact that they were here before us so they can always take their planet back. It's pretty disturbing but it has great great imagery the first story is only like 10 pages long but it's all about this dead body this woman who has been dead and the family of beetles that use her to live and it's about like how 
even in death, we can give back to nature. It's very like woo-woo spiritual environmentalist girl, which is very me. Uh, so I'm loving it. Me too. That's what I'm like, this actually sounds good. No, I think you would love it. Uh, I don't know when it comes out. I think it comes out in November, but uh, thank you to Eric for sending me an arc. I absolutely love him. Another author that is just so sweet and wonderful. I love that. I love that. You have such great like chemistry with these authors. I'm loving it. Not all of them, but the ones that I do click with, oh my gosh, they're just, I love their brains, especially reading their fictional words and then talking to like the person that that brain came from. It's like, oh my God, I'm fangirling. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So I wanted to take a quick moment to tell everyone about Patreon. I always have it linked in the show notes. Essentially, it's a way for you to level up your membership and be an active participant in this podcast community. For $5 a month, you gain access to loads of exclusive content that you won't find anywhere else. Um, detailed mini reviews of every single book that I read each month, exclusive reading vlogs, special night owls only events like summer buddy reads, live shows, monthly movie nights, reading sprints, and so much more. So skip the line at Starbucks just once and check it out. You won't be sorry. I love Patreon. I that is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And I know you have your own Patreon. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. Um, I think Patreon as a platform is just so fun if you want that deeper connection um, because YouTube is great, but there's so many people in the audience and there's always going to be, you know, bots and men in the comments. And this is just a great way <laughs> to cut all of that out. So I have three different tiers. I won't go into my whole spiel, but my top tier is where like the true besties lie. We literally call each other the besties and it is so, so fun. We like talk in our group message every single day. So if you are wanting to get a little bit more to know me, my audience, my community <laughs> you can definitely join my patreon it's so fun yeah i'll definitely have a link along with your socials in the notes of today's show because i love what you're doing i love you so i'm sure it's so much fun um so jumping into today's topic let's talk a little bit about jennifer hillier she is a filipino canadian author born and raised in Toronto, but she spent eight years in Seattle, which is where she became a published writer. She currently has seven novels and I haven't heard any news about like her next project or anything. So I think we're just going to focus on the seven that I know about. Have you heard any news about a new book? I don't know much. I know that she'll always come out with a release every year or she has for the past few years. So mm -hmm. I'm anticipating one next year in 2023, but I'm not sure what it's about yet. So starting in publication order, do you want to go ahead and start with the first book? Sure. So her first published book is Creep. Uh, we are following Dr. Sheila Tao. She's a professor of psychology and expert in human behavior. And when she began an affair with sexy, charming grad student Ethan Wolf, she knew she was playing with fire. Consumed by lust when they were together and riddled with guilt when they weren't, she knows the three-month fling with her teaching assistant has to end. After all, she's finally engaged to a kind and loving investment banker who adores her and she's taking control of her life. But when she attempts to end the affair, Ethan Wolf will not let her walk free. He has plans for Sheila, plans that involve posting a sex video that would surely get her fired and destroy her prestigious career. 
plans to make her pay for rejecting him. And as she attempts to counter his every threatening move without her colleagues or her fiancé discovering her most intimate secrets, a shattering crime rocks Puget Sound State University. A female student, a star athlete, is found stabbed to death. Someone is raising the stakes of violence, sex, and blackmail, and before she knows it, Sheila is caught in a terrifying cat-and-mouse game with the lover she could not resist, who's now the monster who won't let her go. Ooh, that sounds so good. Um, I have not read this one yet, but I do plan to make my way through all of Hillier's novels at some point, and I knew this episode would hype me up for that, because you're going to hype me oh, up yeah. for that. <laughs> Um, I think the reason I haven't made this one a priority is that I was slightly spoiled on a few things, but it's been a while since I was spoiled. So I feel like now I kind of don't remember and it's a little like fuzzy. So I think probably now's the time to dive in. But um, I know it's still worth the read because Hillier's like a wonderful writer. I think she makes such smart choices and she usually has multiple twists. So even if you hear like one little thing, it's not going to spoil the whole book, in my opinion, and like surprises to keep like the reader on their toes which I love about her writing yes so I was actually spoiled too <laughs> for this one oh! <laughs> accidentally um it gives away one of the twists on the back of the sequel so I was filming a haul video and I read the back of the sequel and I was like wait I think I just completely spoiled creep so yes <laughs> I knew one of the twists going in and I still really really enjoyed it I gave it 4.5 stars out of 5 and I know I'm being like very strict and picky with the 0.5 if we're being real it can probably round up to a five star but I was trying to really get into the nitty-gritty so I could rank every single book in her backlist for a video and I really liked this one I love the darkness she always does a really great job of going the extra level that I feel like a lot of domestic thriller authors really don't take um, and this one also has that serial killer POV. So we're not only following Sheila, we're following Ethan as well as he's like ruining her life and trying to stalk her and kill her. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. There's also a huge twist at the end that I didn't see coming despite getting spoiled for part of it. Nice. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like you have to get down like you're like quarter stars at the end when you read all of the author's work because you're like, okay, which one is my favorite? Which ones do I really Really like above the rest so exactly the same thing you have to you have to pick apart it somehow some way so her next book is freak and in this one is the follow-up so jennifer hillier amps up the terror of her debut thriller creep returning to the pacific northwest college town where one killer um, stranglehold has ebbed but another sick mind emerges from the shadows since this book directly follows the events of the first book I'd suggest not looking at the synopsis until you've at least finished the first book otherwise you're gonna get some major spoilers <laughs> for sure and I love this one just as much as creep if not more I gave it a 4.75 <laughs> again just one of those very clear rankings uh, but I thought this one was a little bit 
better than creep. You get to see the evolution of her writing style. And not only that, but we also learn just so much more about the characters, uh, at least the ones that made it out alive of the last book. And I love the way that all of her characters are morally gray. There's never anyone that is fully good or fully evil. You kind of have to grapple with that as the reader, knowing that maybe you like some things about the villain or you hate some things about the sympathetic main character. Um, And just developing them even more, getting to know more about them made them feel such like real genuine people. I I have some kind of belief that these people exist somewhere out in the ether, which I know is not true, but I really want them to because they're so interesting. (laughs) Yeah, obviously I have not read this one yet because I haven't read the first book, but I definitely want to. Yeah, it's a great one. And the next one in her publication order is The Butcher. A rash of grisly serial murders plagued Seattle until the infamous Beacon Hill Butcher was finally hunted down and killed by police chief Edward Shank in 1985. Now, some 30 years later, Shank, retired and widowed, is giving up his large, rambling Victorian house to his grandson, Matt, who he helped raise. Settling back into his childhood home and doing some renovations in the backyard, Matt's just trying to make the house feel like his own. He's a young, up-and-coming chef and restaurateur, and he stumbles upon a locked crate that he's never seen before. Curious, he picks the padlock and makes a discovery so gruesome it will forever haunt him. Faced with this deep, dark family secret, Matt must decide whether to keep what he knows buried in the past, go to the police, or take matters into his own hands. Meanwhile, Matt's girlfriend, Sam, has always suspected that her mother was murdered by the Beacon Hill Butcher two years after the supposed butcher was gunned down. Sam heads right into the path of Matt's terrible secret. Okay, this is another one I haven't read, but I love serial killer stories. In fact, Marcy and I just did an entire episode about serial killer like book recommendations. So I really wanted to read this before that episode, but of course I didn't get to it, but it's definitely on my list. I've heard it has classically disturbing characters and that she wrote the point of view of this serial killer perfectly. Yes, she is so great at diving into the mind of somebody who's just so depraved. The Butcher was a very easy five star for me. I remember I read it in the bath and I got so wrinkly because I just could not stop (laughs) reading. Like I physically could not get out. I could not put the book down. It was the first book that I ever read from her and that hooked me. I was just blown away. Her writing style is really capturing it just takes you and puts you on this ride with a breakneck pace it was everything i was looking for the heart pumping action the entire time and really high stakes every single character has super high stakes so it's not just like you know domestic thriller secrets that could maybe possibly end a marriage like no these are life ruining life altering secrets (laughs) and it's just so fast paced if you're looking for something to get you out of a slump 
this is the one that I always recommend. Um, next up is Wonderland. Welcome to Wonderland. By day, it's a magical place boasting a certain retro charm. Excited children, hands sticky with cotton candy, run frantically from the giant octopus ride to the spinning sombrero, while the tinkling carnival music of the giant Wonder Wheel, the oldest Ferris wheel in the Pacific Northwest, fills the air. But before daybreak, an eerie feeling descends. Maybe it's the Clown Museum, which... I'm already scared. <laughs> um, home to the creepy wax replicas of movie stars and a massive collection of antique porcelain dolls. Or maybe it's the terrifying real house of horrors. Or maybe it's the dead, decaying body left in the midway for all of the wonder workers to see. Vanessa Castro's first day as deputy police chief of seaside washington is off to a bang the unidentifiable homeless man rotting inside the tiny town's main tourist attraction is strange enough but now a teenage employee whose defiant picture at the top of the wonder wheel went viral that same morning is missing as the clues in those seemingly desperate crimes lead her down a mysterious shared path of missing persons that goes back decades she suspects the seedy rumors surrounding the amusement park's dark history might just be true she moved to Seaside to escape her own scandalous past, but she has brought her family to the center of an insidious killer's twisted game. There's a lot going on in this book, and it is crazy. This was another five star for me. I wanted to get picky with this one, but I just couldn't. I was trying to convince myself to not give it a five star, but I am just such a sucker for that carnival setting. Even if it's maybe like a 4.5 star book, if it has a carnival setting, it's a five star to me. Um, I was really worried going in following a police perspective. I don't usually love that. I find it boring, uh, but I really liked our main character, so that helped. Uh, as always, the action scenes, the darkness, the graphic nature, and the twists at the end that are just so layered, all of that stuff was there. But in this one, I remember a lot more romance and it was really hot to be honest. Like Jennifer Hillier always puts a little romance subplot in there. I feel like it keeps the intrigue during scenes that could be slow otherwise. Uh, and in this one, it was just really prominent. It added that extra element and it really worked for me. Ooh, nice. I also love that creepy carnival, like amusement park, fair, anything like that I'm in. So I haven't read this one yet, but I really want to. Um, this one, I would say this one and the butcher are like my highest priority of the ones that I haven't read. And that's good because you gave both five stars. So yay. Um, and then, like I said, a serial killer. So I mean, I'm into that and then the setting. So I think that those are just some of the most creepy places to read about. So I'm really excited about this one. Perfect for fall. It's like the crisp air and the popcorn smell in the air. Oh, yes. so good. <laughs> the next one of hers is Jar of Hearts, which, spoiler alert, is my absolute favorite. This is the story Yay! of three best friends. One who was murdered, one who went to prison, and one who's been searching for the truth all of these years. When she was 16 years old, Angela Wong, one of the most popular girls in school, disappeared without a trace. Nobody ever suspected that her best friend, Georgina Shaw, now an executive and rising star at her Seattle pharmaceutical company, was involved in any way. Certainly not Kaiser Brody, who was close with both of the girls back in high school. 
14 years later, Angela Wong's remains are discovered in the woods near Gio's childhood home, and Kaiser, now a detective with the Seattle PD, finally learns the truth. Angela was a victim of Calvin James, the same Calvin James who murdered at least three other women. To the authorities, Calvin is a serial killer, but to Gio, he's something else entirely. Back in high school, Calvin was Gio's first love. Turbulent and often volatile, their relationship bordered on obsession from the moment they met right up to the night Angela was killed. And for 14 years, Gio knew what happened to Angela and told no one. For 14 years, she carried the secret of Angela's death until Gio is arrested and sent to prison. While everyone thinks they finally know the truth, there are dark secrets buried deep. And what happened that fateful night is more complex and chilling than anyone truly knows. Now the obsessive past catches up with the deadly present, and new bodies begin to turn up, killed in the exact same manner as Angela Wong. How far will someone go to bury her secrets and hide her grief? How long can you get away with a lie? And how long can you live with it? Oh, great news. The last three books we're going to share are the ones that I have actually read. So I've read her newest stuff. Um, This one is not for the faint of heart. There are multiple rape scenes, bodies being cut up, children being strangled, infertility, deaths, and much more. But if you can stomach it, I highly recommend it. The writing had me hooked from the very beginning. And it's not often that I'm shocked by thrillers because I read so many of them, but this one was just next level. Um, It was the first book that I ever read by her, and it has a 4.10 average rating with almost 50,000 ratings on Goodreads. So I'm definitely not the only one that has enjoyed this one. (laughs) It's crazy. It makes me so happy that it has such a high average because this is my absolute favorite. Like that is so validating to me because this was the easiest (laughs) five star rating I've ever had Mm -hmm. since Pretty Girls. The end had me on the edge of my seat so much. I was just like predicting things like three sentences before they would be revealed. And to some people, I guess that could be seen as a negative. But to me, I feel like she left these little clues and she intentionally wanted you to know what was going to happen right before she revealed it just to build up that tension it's it's so opposite from other authors like that you see it so far ahead and it kind of does kind of spoil the reveal but this one you get it just a little bit before them and you're like oh this is not happening yes and you have that horror movie moment of like don't go in there don't go in there I know exactly what's gonna (laughs) happen to you and the back-to-back twists in this one it was like boom she hit you with one and and then 20 pages later, another, and then five, another. And then the last sentence is just the last mm-hmm. one. Uh, I also like that we see Geo in all of these different settings. So we have flashbacks to high school, which is very like nostalgia, 90s vibes. And then we actually follow her throughout her prison experience, which mm-hmm. to me was super interesting. It gave like very much Orange is the New Black vibes. And then we see mm-hmm. her after prison dealing with the new murders. Every single timeline has super graphic themes, like you mentioned. It could be really, really triggering. So just 
do your research, but if you can handle it, it is so, so good. I love Geo, our main character, so much. She's, again, very morally gray in a way that feels very genuine and real. I would literally kill a man for a sequel to this book. I want to know <laughs> the rest of Geo's story. Yeah, I, this one was also really fast paced me because there was, like you said, there were so many different settings. It never got boring. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, what is happening? What is happening? Oh, yeah. So loved that book so much. All right. The next one is Little Secrets. Marin had the perfect life, married to her college sweetheart. She owns a chain of upscale hair salons and Derek runs his own company. They're admired in their community and they're a loving family until their world falls apart the day their son Sebastian is taken like a parent's worst nightmare. <laughs> a year later, Marin is a shadow of herself. The FBI search has gone cold and the publicity has faded. She and her husband rarely speak. She hires a PI to pick up where the police left off, but instead of finding Sebastian, she learns that Derek is having an affair with a younger woman. This discovery sparks Marin back to life. She's lost her son. She's not about to lose her husband too. Kenzie is an enemy with with a face, which means this is a problem Marin can fix permanently. All it takes to unravel a life is one little secret. Well, this is my least favorite of her books, but it's <laughs> definitely not a bad book. I gave it four stars. It was enjoyable. I would still recommend it. Uh, this kind of had the opposite effect of Wonderland for me, where the romance subplot is way more of a factor and there's just a lot of content about it, hooking up, cheating, the relationship secrets, um, all of that. It just felt much more low stakes than a lot of her other like serial killer books and it wasn't as interesting to me as the darker stuff. I also predicted the big twist around the 50% mark, so it was just a little too early for me, but it was a fun time. I remember the afternoon that I read it, and it was just a very nice, fast-paced thriller. Um, also, the PI in this book, uh, it carries out through all of her books. She has the same private investigator. His name is Jerry. I absolutely love him. So he shows up <laughs> for the first time in Creep and Freak. And then he comes back in this one. And then he comes back again in her most recent book as well. So I love the way that she just develops characters and makes us, the readers, just fall in love with them. Jerry is such a fan favorite. And every time he comes back, I'm so entertained. Oh, that's such a fun little tidbit. I didn't even know. So thanks for sharing that. Um, going into this one, I didn't read the synopsis. Um, and when it kicked off with the kidnapping plotline, I was like hooked because I really enjoy that trope in thrillers. Unfortunately, though, the narrative shifts away from that storyline and the mother finds out that her husband has been cheating on her. And while I do not condone cheating, it is believable to me that like a grieving married couple would start seeking something outside their marriage. Again, I'm not condoning that behavior. I'm just saying it's believable. Um, so now that the focus is on the cheating spouse rather than the missing child, and that wasn't what I was expecting my interest started waning a little bit um, because I was much more invested in a child story and I didn't really care <laughs> about the cheating spouse. Um, but that being said, it all comes together in the end. Um, everything has meaning and it all makes sense. That's one thing that I feel like Jennifer Hillier's like a closer 
She brings it all together. I don't feel like her books are something open or a loose end or a plot hole or like everything makes sense. You just got to trust her. <laughs> and her most recent release this year is Things We Do in the Dark. When Paris Peralta is arrested in her own bathroom, covered in blood, holding a straight razor, her celebrity husband dead in a bathtub behind her, she knows she'll be char charged with murder. But as bad as this looks, it's not what worries her the most. With the unwanted media attention now surrounding her, it's only a matter of time before someone from her long-hidden past recognizes her and destroys the new life she's worked so hard to build, along with any chance of a future. 25 years earlier, Ruby Reyes, known as the Ice Queen, was convicted of a similar murder in a trial that riveted Canada in the early 90s. Reyes knows who Paris really is, and when she's unexpectedly released from prison, she threatens to expose all of Paris's secrets. Left with no other choice, Paris must finally confront the dark past she escaped once and for all, because the only thing worse than a murder charge are two murder charges. Ooh. So this is, of course, Hillier's newest novel. It was published earlier this year. And initially, I wasn't intrigued by the premise because I don't usually enjoy stories that involve celebrities, whether they're real celebrities or fictionalized celebrities. That's just not something I gravitate towards. How However, I love Jennifer Hillier's writing. She makes such smart choices. I enjoyed how the book was divided into parts, separating the two different stories. It allowed time to get to know the backstory of the characters and their actions leading up to the main events. I was very intrigued by both storylines, but I found some of the twists to be quite predictable. I would say like very predictable. Um, that being said, maybe that was like a distraction because I find my I found myself like forgetting where the story all started. And I was just like, that was a really good distraction, you know, so um, I forgot that I was supposed to be solving another part of the story. If you read this as one of the first books that you read by this author, you might be much more surprised by some of the reveals. Um, but since I have read other books, I wasn't as surprised. Now there is like a little bit of a podcast element to this, but we don't get any like transcripts. So I wish there were like podcast transcripts um, or some of the old newspaper articles or something like that to spice it up. Oh, that would have been so cool. Uh, that I wish I was there because I feel like that would have just popped it off. Uh, even mm -hmm. without that, I loved this one. It's one of my favorite books of this year because if you know me, you know I just love drama and this book is straight drama. <laughs> like all five of my stars are for the drama. If you like celebrity gossip or you want a thriller that feels like a documentary, I feel like this is perfect for you. Like Gwen said, one of the twists is a bit predictable, but the overall feel of the novel just kept me very entertained the whole time. I loved the flashback chapters. They added like a new layer to the main character. Again, she always creates such wonderfully crafted, morally gray main characters. And we got to see the behind the scenes look that the public in the book didn't get to see. For me, this whole book was like sitting down and listening to a celebrity tell-all. I love That's celebrity true. content in my books. So <laughs> I was a sucker for this one. Yeah, I feel like if you like the drama, if you like celebrity stuff, I feel like this is like the book for you. <laughs> 
and I know you love it, so I'm not surprised at all. So if you could recommend only one book of hers, which one would you recommend? Definitely for me, Jar of Hearts. Um, I know I haven't read as many as you, um, but this book was perfect for beginners and enjoyable for seasoned thriller readers too. It was dark and gruesome, and I had no idea what was going to happen next. The pacing was great, the characters were purposeful, and the twists and reveals were all very well-timed and actually shocking and good. For me, I would say The Butcher. Even though I didn't name it as my favorite of all of hers, I think it's just so criminally underrated. I haven't read anything else quite like it before or since. Everything just feels very intricately connected. And by the end, you are just blown away. Every single character has high stakes. It's serial killers. It's people who aren't killers maybe considering being a killer. It is just so, so dark. But I don't think it has the triggering graphic nature of something like Jar of Hearts or even Creep and mm -hmm. Freak. This is a book that's a little bit harder to track down. I know a lot of people have only found the little mass market paperback copy. But if you can get your hands on it, I think you'll love it. Yeah, so this just like shot to the top of my priority oh, <laughs> list. Um, I know we mentioned some of the content warnings on some of these books, but please do your own research. Of course, as always, any episode, please do your own research. Jennifer Hillier does not shy away from dark themes and topics. Um, that concludes our author spotlight of Jennifer Hillier. Head over to Instagram and let me know which ones you've read or which ones you're interested in. Talk Bookish to Me is a bi-weekly podcast bringing you book discussions, recommendations, and literary topics galore follow me on instagram at talkbookish podcast rate and review the podcast on apple and spotify also the link for patreon is in the show notes along with the links for Haley's social media and patreon until next time happy reading